Hi, my name is Ida. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm really happy to be here tonight. I am a 100-pounder, I, um, but I've been passing for normal for um, over 48 years now. I've been an abstaining member of Overeaters Anonymous for 48 years. It'll be 49 in um, April. And uh, I have... Uh, I have full confidence that I will still be abstaining in April because, as my sponsor put it, I have the promises, and the promises are, are real in my life, and they are mine. So when I speak at meetings, I, uh, I quite often turn to the literature for inspiration and structure, and it came to me that what could be better than the OA promise? And so it says, I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we could never do alone. Now, I had dieted successfully a couple times in my life, uh, but I was never able to maintain it. My first diet was when I was eight years old in the fourth grade, and a total idiot of a um, pediatrician put me a an eight-year-old growing child on a 800-calorie-a-day diet. And she put me on non-fat milk. And uh, the only result of that diet was that I do not allow non-fat milk in my house, ever. And uh, that was when my disease took hold. Before that, before the age of eight or so, I looked, I was a... Cute kid. I have pictures to prove it. But uh, when the disease took hold, my demeanor, my face, not just my body, but my face, everything changed about me. And uh, and you could really see it in my pictures. And because I was a teacher, I have a photographic evidence of my weight from kindergarten to to when I retired 23 years ago. And uh, the difference was remarkable. And then later on, I did uh, diet pills uh, as a teenager. And in my late teens, I did lose 60 pounds in six months on diet pills. But when I came into OA, I lost um, 80 pounds in eight months on the steps and abstaining from compulsive overeating. The, the difference was, it says here, we could never do alone. And even though I was going to a doctor, uh, or a gym before, or you know, or a, a weight loss club. I was still doing it alone. I was paying these people to help me, or my. And uh, I, I felt very, very alone. And they were only treating my weight. They weren't treating as a total person. It was just my body. They they were interested in. And so. I come to Overeaters Anonymous, and there are all these people in the meeting, you know, who talked about lying to the the grocery clerk about why she was buying all these cookies, you know, and and I'm going, holy crap, I'm I'm not alone, and it was such a revelation, and I came to OA 
because I knew I needed to change the way I was living my life. I had hit such a bottom. Uh, It says in the promise, no longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. I was completely hopeless when I phoned Obedience Anonymous on April 16, 1975. And yet the next morning I got up and um, I was abstaining. I was abstaining, and I've been abstaining ever since. That kind of stops me dead in my tracks sometimes. Uh, but uh, I am I am so grateful that I haven't had to go through a relapse. And I believe that I haven't had a relapse because I came into this program uh, having suffered enough. There was no need for me to do any more of the kind of suffering that I was doing behind the disease. Now, I have suffered since coming into OA, but not because of the food. Uh, I lost my husband, my mother, my five brothers and sisters, uh, a 30-year sponsee. I was told that I was going to die by a cardiologist, that I have lived uh, 14 months now past my expiration date. So, and I have no plans to die anytime soon. But I've I've suffered, I've had things happen to me that have been truly horrendous. But as it says on page 450 of the big book, sobriety must live a life of its own and my abstinence must live a life of its own. And it's like my what my first sponsor told me uh, almost 49 years ago is that what goes on in my life has nothing to do with what I put in my mouth. I have to keep them separate. And uh, um, that's the truth. And then it says, we are all together now, reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours as we join hands. We find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. And that, this love and understanding that I saw between the people at my meeting, when I, my meeting, the meeting that I was going to, uh, and was just stunning to me. And I really wanted it because I just didn't have that in my life. There was a young couple uh, who attended the meeting together. And she had to go to the hospital for some type of emergency. And when he came to the meeting, he talked about how OA people came to support him and her. And I could see the, and I could feel the love in the in that meeting that the people in that meeting had for that couple. And I wanted that because I truly felt that I was alone in the world. So when I went to my first meeting, my isolation started to crack. But it didn't really come apart until I got a sponsor. And that took me five months. 
So the first five months of my program, all I did was attend one meeting a week, a week and abstain from compulsive overeating. And doing that, I did lose 50 pounds. I didn't read any literature, and I didn't make any phone calls. But I carried that meeting around with me in my head all the time. It would take me like three nights before I was able to sleep normally after attending that meeting because it was so full of what I heard and felt. So, but when I got my sponsor and she told me to call her every day, you know, I, I followed instructions. I still didn't make phone calls. And in truth, I'm terrible. Uh, I'm, I ter- I'm a terrible making, at phone- I'm, huh, excuse me, I'm a little tired, but I'm terrible at making phone calls. Uh, but I spend a tremendous amount of time on the phone. And uh, I, uh, I finally let someone know me. And recently, uh, my sponsor of 29 years died. And I had the privilege of speaking at her service. And I told the group that next to my husband, she knew me better than anybody else. And I'm, and she knew stuff about me. I'm sure that my husband didn't know. I can't think of anything right now, but I'm sure there was something, you know. Well, she, she knew what I was thinking about my husband. <laughs> and so I, uh, I just really... Uh, it was such a privilege to speak at her her memorial service. She had, she died with like 56, 57 years of abstinence, and it was very much an OA function, uh, except for her family. Uh, the speakers were OA people. Uh, you opened up the uh, the pamphlet, you know, that you get at funerals, and inside was the third step prayer, and uh, not third step. I'm sorry. Uh, 11th step prayer and uh, she was she was quite an influence in OA and in the lives of countless people so back to the promise beyond our wildest dreams my life, I thought I was going to die by the time I was 30. I came in when I was 29. And here I am, uh, 78. And uh, I've had a life that I, uh, I, I just can't tell you. I was married to uh, the man of my dreams for 37 years. And he loved Overeaters Anonymous. He loved the people. Uh, and people loved him back. He was a great hugger, and uh, I always got the feeling that if he and I were to split, he would get my friends. Um, but he uh, he supported me totally in whatever I had to do to uh, to continue to recover. And he once told me that he would have loved me if he had met me when I was fat. And I said to him, no, you wouldn't have. Uh, First of all, I wouldn't have let you. 
I would not have let you in. And uh, thanks to Overeaters Anonymous, I was uh, I was ready for him when we met after I had been in program for two years. And by the way, I took him to his first OA meeting three weeks after our first date because I knew he I knew that he was it, and I knew that I needed I wanted to let him know what he was getting into. And uh, he he was he was so good. He was he was the perfect OA husband. Uh, tonight, while I was sitting here waiting for the meeting to start, I watched the sunset into the Pacific Ocean. And I'm going, you know, Ida, you really are a privileged character. And I live next to the Pacific Ocean because uh, that's where my husband lived, and that's where he uh, he built his house. And I'm I'm sitting in his creation. And uh, the the promises, we always talk about the uh, the ninth step promises in the big book. But, you know, if you go to the OA 12 and 12, at the end of virtually every step, there are promises. And I especially love the promise uh, in step two. It says, We began to see stability in our unbalanced lives. We responded to the love we had been shown in OA by taking action and working the steps. The result was a new faith in ourselves, in others, and in the power of that love. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to read that line again. The result was a new faith in ourselves, in others, and in the power of that love. I can guarantee you I had no faith in myself before I came into OA. And I, it makes me sad when I hear people uh, who, who uh, feel that, you know, if they have faith in themselves, they're in trouble. No, the program promises that. In in the big book, it promises that we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And the but the promise for step three is the one that just knocks my socks off. It says on page twenty three, when we I'm sorry, once we compulsive eaters truly take the third step. We cannot fail to recover. My goodness, we cannot fail to recover as we live out our our decision today. Our higher power guides us through the remaining nine steps. When we falter, we are reminded of our commitment to live by God, and we trust that the willingness and ability will come if we only ask for them. When we get off track, our higher power will guide us back as long as we are sincerely trying to know and do God's will. We can confidently face any situation life brings because we no longer have to face it alone. We have what we need any time we are willing to let go of self-will and humbly ask for help. Now, 
some of you who are listening uh, will have trouble with the, with the God word, and um, I don't worry about it because I I don't believe in God, and but I do have a higher power, and that is the process of the twelve steps because the process of the twelve steps has never failed me, and that is what I turn to when I am in trouble. So I, so you know, when I come across uh, the God Word, I just, you know, retranslate it in my own head to to fit my needs. And um, <laughs> uh, so feel free to do this. And you have four minutes left. Thank you. So I. Uh, so, but the last line of the, of the third step promises. We have what we need anytime we are willing to let go of self-will and humbly ask for help. In other words, the one thing we have to absolutely give up in this program, besides the uh, binge eating or throwing up or whatever our, our uh, symptom is, is the idea that we have to go it alone. because we'll never make it alone. Somewhere else in uh, the uh, 12 and 12, it says, um, well, it's in step two. It says, before we joined the OA fellowship, our prayers for help might have gone unanswered simply because we were never meant to face this disease in isolation. We were meant to open up so that we might learn to receive love and to truly love others. And I'm sure there's somebody thinking, well, what does loving have to do with losing weight? Everything, uh, you know, everything. And uh, so I think that's going to be my topic tonight, uh, giving and receiving love in the program of Overeaters Anonymous. My phone number is area code 310 347-1505. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much.